Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions, you guys. And then I would come on this show to defend those opinions, but now, who does anything anymore? Joining me today, he is my co-host, and I have to keep coming up with things to say about him. I'll tell you this, he is lucky to be working with one of the best fucking hosts. I was trying to make this a thing about me, and I just fucked it up, and who cares? It's Jeff May also joining me. He is one of the internet's favorite people. We used to work together at a website that I think doesn't even exist anymore. He is the host of a, a fantastic podcast called Secretly Incredibly Fascinating that you can hear me on this month. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Schmidt. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I don't know what my co-host is doing right now because I'm just looking around at this room that I decorated myself and it looks so nice. But hey, Jeff May is here. He's my co-host. Hey, hey it's me. I was doing nothing, like yeah, always. Just I know. chilling, just chilling out, watching you look around, watching Alex look like a DM, the way he's got this covered. <laughs> You're, it's like it, Alex looks like he's covering a secret in our yeah. video here. You're going to always am. You're going to pull that cloth off and it's just going to glow like <laughs> like the suitcase in Pulp Fiction. That's Pulp Fiction, right? It's just going to be a dead skunk. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what I wanted to show you. <laughs> hey, Alex Schmidt's here too, if you couldn't tell from us saying Alex. And then you heard Alex Schmidt's voice. Yeah. Where you saw the title of the show. Ooh, yeah. 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 Check the description. <laughs> I'm going to start leaving the descriptions blank now that you mention it. Leave some mystery. I love Alex Schmidt. Right. Yeah, I love Jeff Bay. It's great. Okay, don't steal I'm, my I'm thing. I'm very excited to to look back on this year that I, I feel like has really zipped on by, you know? This has been a fast year. I've been sick for most of it in various ways, shapes, and forms. I feel like we were all expecting to get back to normal in 2021. <laughs> and it really yes. didn't. There was like one or two months, I would say like April, May, where everyone was vaccinated and we were like, fuck it. Let's get back out in the streets. Like, I went to Wisconsin yeah. in, I think it was May. No one, I mean, there's probably still no one wearing masks in Wisconsin right now. But, like, if you had a mask on, people were like, what is wrong with you? We're all vaccinated now. And right. that lasted for, what, two months? And then the Delta variant happened? Yeah, like July, I think it started getting weird again because of Delta. Yeah. But, like... Like the weather got good and we were vaccinated and it was, that was a real peak. Yeah, for sure. Bikini season, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> so what we're talking about this week and next week, actually, we're doing two of these episodes. Next week is the International edition. But this week Ooh. we're talking news stories <laughs> we didn't talk about enough in 2021. Parentheses. Domestic. The American yeah. version. You. Hell yeah, man. Hey, hell yeah. USA. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened, and we didn't talk about any of it because I think we're all tired of talking about things just in general. What yeah, did I mean, we do in 2021? I, also, I don't even fucking remember. I got fired. No, oh, yeah, that's that right. That, cool. was, that was pretty funny. Yeah. That was fun. I also feel like with 2021, there was like the vaccination and stuff reason we were all optimistic about it, but there was also just the basic joy of like the calendar won't say 2020 anymore we were we were all just like it'll be cool to have a different year going on because we've been saying how bad 2020 is it's and then within a couple days like white nationalists stormed the u.s capitol and we were like oh yeah this is a tough year after all okay cool 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 <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was pretty much we were just like new president and some people were like not if i have anything to say about it 
Yeah, 2021. Yeah. <laughs> 2021 was basically the Joe Biden of years because <laughs> Alex is right. 2020 ended and we were like, whew, thank God we got through yeah. that. Now it's 2021 and this is going to be better. And then after like a month or two, we're like, oh, this isn't any better at all. This is just the same stuff with a different person in charge. <laughs> well, what's funny is that the death rates like didn't improve because people were like, right. we can all do stuff. And people that were unvaccinated were like, correct. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, wait a second, though. Not you guys. Yeah. Nation of Aaron Rodgers out there. Rajai. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So the first thing, <laughs> speaking of things not getting a whole lot better, first thing I want to talk about is Joe Biden's domestic terrorism bill, which hasn't passed yet. It was introduced in the wake of the Capitol riots, but I think the last action on it was sometime in March, and they haven't really done anything with it since. But Joe Biden's a law and order guy. Joe Biden mm. sucks. <laughs> I love. I, I I do love that. There's this like the whole you know the let's go Brandon thing where it's just yeah, boy. a bunch of like conservatives getting like ooh we're doing a thing that's naughty because we mean fuck Joe Biden and most people even on the left are like yeah man fuck Joe Biden like. <laughs> Just fucking say it, you coward. Like, what's wrong with you? You fucking baby. Yeah. If you reflect on Joe Biden's history, he loves taking credit for just abhorrent crime bills and like domestic terrorism. But the Patriot Act, he's like, look, man, I wrote the Patriot Act. And it's like, you don't say that out loud. You know, it's you like saying you wrote Rocky five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretend that didn't happen. He wrote that crime bill that disproportionately impacted mostly black males who were mm. incarcerated. Basically, his crime bill put a higher penalty on selling crack than selling powder cocaine. And anyone could have just seen that part and been like, well, that's, gonna, that, that's not going to work out in a way that's fair along racial demographics. But Joe Biden was mighty proud of that, too. And now he's drafting a domestic terrorism bill, which again, he did it in the wake of the Capitol riots, but it's not going to be limited to white nationalists. That's the thing. I feel like a lot of people on the left will be like, oh yeah, well, in the wake of the Capitol riots, so we're finally going after the biggest domestic terrorist of all, which is white nationalists. And that's true, but no, we're not going to just go after white nationalists. Like This bill will cover Black Lives Matter, It'll cover Antifa, whatever the right decides that is this week. And I don't know. People podcasts. should be more people should be more worried about it. Probably podcast. <laughs> enemy of the people, an enemy of the state. Adam Todd Brown, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, we're gonna talk about a story later that like it's what Jeff is saying sounds funny, but it's not. Like, if you get the right administration I, in office and they decide to start targeting, say, Patreon instead of YouTube, like, a Trump mm -hmm. administration could use all of this momentum towards deplatforming people and go after people that criticize them and decide, well, you can't be on Patreon anymore. So then you got to start scrambling to find, like, everything you see with right wingers now. Like, there's no yeah. reason that couldn't happen to people yeah. on the left, but... A lot of people on the left are too naive to think that could ever happen. Yeah. So they think when... they're the good guys. Well, like Milo Yiannopoulos thinks he's a good guy, too. Right, right. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with any of these laws, you have to imagine the worst president in the world getting to use it. And so, you know, if it's like an infrastructure bill, that's probably still fine. But if it's anything that changes our civil liberties and stuff, it's probably really bad. Yeah, like health care. Like health care for everyone which we still don't technically have especially if you take right. like there were some really depressing stories i left off here like how by 2030 prescription drug costs will be the leading cause of death for elderly people if we don't change mm. the way things work in this country so we don't completely have free health care but that's one of those things that no matter what president passed it people on both sides should have been for it and they weren't and yeah. that's the fundamental problem with this country it's like setting up nationwide broadband that anyone in the country can access for free hopefully in 2030 president rogan can do something <laughs> you think he'll beat Man. mcconaughey i do i do i think his platform is a bit more accessible all right all right all right we'll see you know. uh, it's also it's like 
a tiny bit hard to imagine being around in 2030, even though we will be, and it's a real year and everything. You know, it just every every decade, I increasingly don't believe the number the year is. (laughs) It feels weird. 2030 is the year that COVID is going to come back after disappearing overnight, which is a thing Trump pushed a lot when he was in office. And he got that from a prediction from discredited psychic Sylvia Brown, where at one point she predicted there would be a flu-like virus that would emerge in 2020 and then just mysteriously disappear as quick as it emerged. I don't know if that sounds familiar to anyone, but that is exactly what Trump was pushing. And there's no other place he could have got that from besides the Sylvia Brown prediction. And part of that prediction was that it'll come back in 2030. So seniors are going to have it double bad by then because we're not going to fix drug prices by then, obviously. Well, seniors are, hopefully we can get a a better crew of seniors by 2032. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It is going to be, there's going to be some changes in that demographic too. Yeah. We got to take out next door. (laughs) Yes, we do. Man. I've never seen an app indoctrinate such a very specific group of people. And again, Trump did this. He's, I don't remember if it was Trump specifically, but I think so, where he set up this tip line where if you saw anyone doing anything shady that you thought might be against American interests, you could just call and tell. And like, I'd be, It's like, hello? <laughs> yeah, the president's doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's doing stuff against the American interest all the time. Maybe do something about that. But here's yeah. the thing. It got a bunch of tips. Like there were people who were willing to do that. And like, I feel like Nextdoor is another good example of something that like overnight could just be radicalized to target a specific group of people. It is <laughs> already yeah. radicalized. Poor people. Boy, boy, does the Burbank and, and North Hollywood community hate poor people. Very ironic. Especially the North Hollywood parts. Everyone in North Hollywood's poor. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) See? See? Jeff? I thought you lived in Burbank. I am Burbank adjacent. Mm. That's how I... That's how I... I live right... The best way... When people are like, where do you live? Without giving away my actual address. I'm like, hey, remember in Clueless where she gets robbed at gunpoint? There. I live right there. It was me. It was me. I did it. I took her buddy. That liquor store (laughs) is a very short walk from my place. (laughs) (laughs) so speaking of all of this biden's domestic terror bill the next story i want to talk about is how biden's department of justice has labeled black lives matter protesters as terrorists specific black lives matter protesters right but it's always specific ones at first like the example Mm -hmm. i bring up is obama at one point stripped three dudes who were accused of child sex crimes of their citizenship because they had been convicted of those crimes or they had committed those crimes and didn't disclose it on their application. And no one batted an eyelash because those were child sex offenders. But then that power was in Trump's hands and he did it to a 50 or 60 year old granny who worked at a company where the CEO pulled off this massive tax fraud scheme. And the FBI went to her and was like, just working here. We could arrest you and send you to prison. How about you just sign a plea deal? You'll get 10 years probation. It'll be fine. And she was like, all right, sounds good. Didn't disclose that on her application for citizenship and eventually gets a letter from the Trump administration. And they're like, you didn't tell us that we're going to strip you of your citizenship and send you back to Guatemala, a place she hadn't been in like 30 or 40 years. So yeah, it's just a couple specific Black Lives Matter protesters now, but it's about the precedent that this sets. And here's a CNN headline from July 2020. Trump is calling protesters who disagree with him terrorists. That puts him in the company of the world's autocrats. And now here's a headline from 2021. Biden's Department of Justice uses a Trump tactic. Federal prosecutors label Black Lives Matter protesters terrorists. And in this case, they're referring to Collinford Mattis and Uruj Rahman, who were two lawyers in Brooklyn who were arrested during protests in May 2020. They are alleged to have thrown a Molotov cocktail at an empty police car, which I'm sorry, that's just cool. 
That is awesome as shit. Yeah. <laughs> Although as lawyers, probably not the. I mean, <laughs> if I was a lawyer, I'd be like, "Hey, you do this, and then I'll get you out of jail." Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you gotta you gotta be smarter about this Molotov cocktail thing. But yeah. also that rules, man. Yeah. Did they sling it through an open window or something? Oh. Like a skilled pitcher? Oh, Incredible. Kind would, of. Yeah, that would be neat. Just drive. It's pretty hard. She does a fucking burnout. Collinford tosses it out military yeah. precision oh man that's what we want i don't know you you should have done that colin firth this <laughs> <laughs> is about right yeah sorry i missed the name and here's the thing that's definitely a crime and it is cool definitely a, not the smartest thing to do but also it was an empty car no one was injured it's property damage that's a pretty minimal crime at the end of the day especially if you're a first-time offender you're not going to do it ton of jail time for property damage unless the government decides to file terrorism charges against you and make it a federal crime which trump did his department of justice were the first ones to label this terrorism and then joe biden campaigns and is like i'm going to change criminal justice reform i'm going to do all the things you want me to do and then he gets in office and is like yeah these two are terrorists we should charge these two with terrorism crimes they were facing 45 years in prison for setting a cop car on fire during a protest. They eventually pled to something lesser, but they're still terrorists in the eyes of the law and the government. They pled to being rad as fuck. <laughs> yeah, this the terrorism enhancement that the DOJ put on them is normally applied to offenses that were, quote, calculated to influence or affect the conduct of government by intimidation or coercion or to retaliate against government conduct. So they're also labeling police violence as government conduct. That's probably the most right. accurate sentence I've ever heard in my life, actually. That's... Yeah, yeah. Telling yeah. on themselves. I mean, yeah. the police have been doing a lot of violence, so we certainly have been default. Oh, they've been getting more money. Okay, yeah, yeah. This this just in, police are getting more money than they ever have before. The poor NYPD. Yeah. How else are they going to frame fast food workers for making them the wrong thing? Did that happen? Dude, like, police and their, like, imaginary battle with fast food workers where they're like oh, we got poisoned or someone took a bite out of my burger and it's just a lie or they wrote like oh yeah they would write like fuck the police on their coffee cup and be like look what happened to me there was one where they falsified somebody putting a tampon i think in their coffee they keep doing it and then people just figured out that that is not what happened and <laughs> yeah well that was a whole thing during like the protests they they claimed that there was bleach in their milkshakes or something or a cleaning agent and the whole thing was like they like right. investigated it and it's everyone's like nope you're just fucking idiots are we implying <laughs> that the police plant evidence that is a, or, that is such I mean, a huge claim and or I... are too stupid to know the difference between a crime and a real and a fake crime <laughs> why not both oh i love that people yeah. are still like come on man it's a selfless job it's like they're not volunteers they make a load of money to be violent yeah, yeah. the same people who lionize the police i wish they would at least also lionize firefighters and i feel like they spend way less time on that because firefighting is also like an incredibly difficult dangerous job where you die it's just that you're fighting fire instead of like beating up black people yeah you firefighters know? are are called are useful police <laughs> yeah that's the big that's the big that's why i always root for them in the annual softball games go fire that's a, the correct way to get dressed i think yeah <laughs> I, I tell you i was on a run and i ran by a, a burbank cop he, like we were both outside and he like flashed me the peace sign and, and i just went since when and just kept going an audience of one, and he didn't appreciate it, but I was so proud of it. Yeah. The thing you see now, especially in L.A., where the LAPD got their budget cut by like $150 million, which sounds like a lot until you take into account how much money they get every year. And the things yeah. that have been cut is like them having to respond to mental health calls, and they're so indignant about it. Like, all right, the streets are going to be overrun with crime now. And it's like, no, they're just sending mm -hmm. someone more well-equipped to deal with it than you are. Since when are people mad about having less responsibility at work? I don't fucking get it. I, th I think they want to kill people that have mental problems. Well, they also want overtime. Like, so much of police work and the money they make is built into overtime. Dude, one of the biggest yeah. scams in, in legit in 
the Massachusetts state troopers was one of my old students' fathers was falsifying overtime documents. And he got caught stealing like well over $2 million in overtime. And whoops, wow. that's a lot. Yeah, fuck that guy. Eh, you know, his kids were fine. But Trooper Wilson, go fuck yourself. Ah, fuck you, <laughs> Trooper Wilson. Now everyone knows who you are. I don't give a shit. It's in the news. <laughs> All right, let's talk about another story. I kind of teased that we were going to mention this. We've done a lot of celebrating on the left when YouTube would shut down like COVID misinformation videos or yeah. like election fraud videos, things of the like. Like we were demanding that YouTube do that. And I and a few other people all along the way were like, cool, but that could also just turn into a tool for censorship and like shutting down free speech in general. And it is. It has turned into that because YouTube this year started shutting down what most people would consider progressive pages and demonetizing people that we would consider to be progressive voices. Hmm. Some of them hmm. in question, I don't know any of these fucking people. All these shows could be terrible. Progressive Soapbox, Doesn't The Convo Couch, Frank Analysis, Hannah Reloaded, and Comedian Graham Elwood who has a page on YouTube. Most of these sound really awful. <laughs> well, that's... And I'm glad they've been shut down. No. What's Most the... podcasts... Guys, are... I run Convo Couch. I'm so <laughs> mad. I'm so mad right now. Freaking out. That's also, I have the... no money. They shut me down. <laughs> this is the maddest I've ever seen Alex. That's why he's working the McDonald's drive through right now. <laughs> and... Folks, I'm wearing a hat and a headset. It looks like I do uh, and a, work in the service. <laughs> and a primary colored soccer jersey that we can't see all of. Yeah, these shows, I, I don't doubt that they're awful. Like, YouTube shows, most podcasts just aren't my fucking cup of tea. But it is interesting that this is a thing that when we were, were screaming for it, again, we assumed it was just going to apply to anti-vaxxers and COVID deniers and right-wingers. And nope. In the case of all of these sites, the creators in question were told they posted something that violated YouTube's community guidelines with no other explanation or specifics. And once that happens, you lose the right to monetize your videos. You can't sell subscriptions. There's got to be some weird form of intervention that has to happen in a situation where they can just blind, blindly say you violated the guidelines without showing you specific examples or what specific guideline. Because that's the true danger. Because What's the step for somebody like YouTube? I'm not asking you. I'm just saying in general, like, what's the step for YouTube to do we just allow everything and then therefore, like, kind of cause more Aaron Rajai to happen? Like, what happens? Well, that's always been the argument with free speech yeah. Yeah. is yeah. you sometimes have to let the unsavory voices get heard, too. And then the but public just decides for themselves. I feel like some of this comes down to this belief that the public is too dumb to make these I, decisions for themselves. I guess in the in the situation of like anti-vax stuff and like COVID de denial, I think it's like, where does it come in when it becomes a contagion for the public health? Like, then what do you do? Like, is, yeah. is, and that's, you're right. It's the, it's the forever discussion about censorship. Like, what's more important? Like some random, like free speech? Okay, well, life. say we limit it to public health situations. So, yeah, take down COVID videos because they're threatening public safety. That is going to get, like, that's not going to apply to most of the videos in question. Like, these are videos YouTube announced before all this started happening, like right before, that they were going to take stronger measures against, quote, videos alleging that a group is superior in order to justify discrimination, segregation, or exclusion based on qualities like age, gender, race, caste, religion, sexual orientation, or veteran status. So just take based on qualities like age. Does that not sound like a thing that could apply to, okay, boomer videos? And of shit course. like that. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, no, of course. What's what's the veteran status one that they added in there? That's a that's an interesting caveat, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is any of that? Like, like are yeah. we supposed to like are we supposed to shit on veterans or not shit on veterans? I don't understand. 
I also, I like that a lot of the names of these channels that got banned are very tame, uh, that it's like, welcome to the Convo Couch. I hate veterans. You know, like <laughs> yeah. a, an immediate flip off this really, Today like, we're, yeah, we're gonna talk about nothing veterans. name. Parasites? Yes. <laughs> or like if you, if you put up a video saying, hey, most mass shootings are carried out by straight white males. It's true, but mm-hmm. you're also falling afoul of these YouTube guidelines. Facts don't care about your feelings, YouTube. And like one of the videos that apparently violated these guidelines was one that showed pro-Israel and pro-Palestine groups coming together to debate a Holocaust denier. What version of free speech does that, like what side does that fall on? Does that feel like a win for the left? Mm. I don't know, because that is a Holocaust denier probably getting shut down to a very high degree. I'd like to know what his veteran status was. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) But this is the future we asked for. Like, this is what we wanted. We wanted sites Mm. like YouTube and Facebook to really crack down on stuff like this. And, you know, dangerous video topics are in the eye of the beholder. There could very easily come a time where, you know, we take all these steps and put all this pressure on YouTube, and now there's a different regime in office. And they're like, well, here's the videos we want you to take down. And it seems like YouTube is just gearing up for that by censoring people on all sides. So, yay. Cool. Welcome to China. (laughs) Sort (laughs) of. And, like, we should have just done that from the beginning. If that's what we wanted, we should have just been China from the beginning and said... The internet is strictly for fun. To be fair, we nailed slave labor. (laughs) We did. We had that on lock for a while. But. And there also is like that. And I I think, you know, when you say it, but there is that approach to the internet of we're just going to have somebody curate it from above. So it's exclusively fun or exclusively stuff people are excited about. Like TikTok is essentially that when I scroll through it. And I I know there's parts of it that I I don't get served because they know I don't want it. But it's TikTok is entirely curated and it is pretty fun to sit through. Like it's a very tempting way to do the Internet where it's heavily censored. Yeah, I don't trust TikTok as far as I could throw all collective TikTok users. But I don't have any social media on my phone. I've become that guy now. Weird. Weird. I know. But I'm just not super comfortable with being tracked every time I get on the Internet. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about something a little more lighthearted that also happened this year. We continue to just not give one single solitary shit about UFOs, which blows my mind. This is like four or five years in a row where the government's been like, see, see these videos? We don't know what that is. Those are unidentified flying objects. And we were like, so what? Are they going to cure COVID? Are they going to get Trump out of office? (laughs) Who cares? Right. (laughs) Yeah, they picked the right time to reveal that information, to be honest. Yeah. We're all pretty distracted. Just put it out there. Yeah. Everybody's watching Tiger King. (laughs) I I hate that there's a second season of that bullshit. Super gross. Yeah. Anyway, this is one of those situations where I think people should dig into some government documents. One of the other things that happened this year is... For some reason, one of the last, like, bills that Trump passed or, like, executive orders called for all of the government agencies that have information on UFOs <laughs> to release that information. He knows, and, his, he knows his audience. And the CIA was first. Yeah. They released theirs first. And it's fascinating. Like, it's the kind of stuff conspiracy theorists talk about now. And we're like, <laughs> you're so stupid. You're on the fringe. But then you read these files and it's like, oh, no, that is exactly what the CIA was doing. Very interesting. Like one of the first things the CIA did once UFOs started becoming a thing was put a lot of time and effort into figuring out if they could be used for psychological warfare and especially fake UFOs. Like, could they use a fake alien sighting? To just fuck with people or to foment change of some sort or to just like sneak an actual missile attack through. They spent a lot of time and money on this shit and it's all documented like no one's making that up like that's what the CIA did. And now like there are I don't know if it's conspiracy theories or just beliefs out there that the American government first used 
communists to kind of strip us of some of our rights and freedoms because we needed to be protected from that threat. Next, it was obviously Muslims after 9-11, the Patriot Act passed. And there is a belief in some circles that the next thing will be aliens. And that's when the government will really crack down on our freedoms in the name of keeping us protected. So whether you believe UFOs and aliens are real or not, this is some shit you should worry about because that is going to be the next logical step in threats we need safety from that will also cost us our rights. Well, there's also COVID. That that too. And YouTube. Mm. Yeah. More You're like going to be f- taking down alien videos. You're not going to be able to watch an old episode of X-Files anymore. Now they'll show us the alien videos if it means getting us riled up <laughs> and scared. But maybe, yeah, maybe isn't that's that, what we isn't needed. A, isn't a huge faked alien attack the the scheme in Watchmen? That actually, like, Alex, like what we, he's up to? we were saying the same thing. Oh, you were about to say that? Cool. <laughs> I was going to say, that's what we need, is we need a nice interdimensional squid attack to unify the I, planet. Don't think that's as much of an indictment of this theory as you think, because the theory came before Watchmen. It's not the other way around. It's probably inspired it, yeah. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah, I'm not dumping on the theory. It makes sense. To be fair, Alan Moore just ripped off an old Outer Limits episode from the oh. 50s or 60s. <laughs> like, admittedly, he said that's what he took it from. And that Outer <laughs> Limits episode might have taken it from that theory. I don't know when the theory specifically came out. Well, the Outer Limits. it was almost immediately. It was mid-50s because there, was, there were a couple mm. of guys. God damn it. What was his name? Hold on. Alan Moore. Dwight D. Eisenhower. Dr. Leon Davidson. There were two people in the early days of UFOs who were on the CIA's ass about whether they were planning to research UFOs to Mm. stage a false flag attack. It was Dr. Leon Davidson and Major Daniel Kehoe, who was in the Air Force. And Leon Davidson, like, from the second this first UFO report was released, he found out that the CIA had a couple of paragraphs removed. And he was like, nope, nope, I know what those are about. They're about UFOs being used to stage a fake attack. And here's the thing, they were. They, he eventually got that report released in an unclassified version because at one point, even the Air Force was like, will you just fucking tell us? what were in those two paragraphs and it was all stuff about how the cia wanted to look into whether ufos could be used for psychological warfare means so leon davidson was right and that was like the early 50s because this report came out in 53 and he pursued that shit into the 60s and at every stop the cia was like nope we're not going to tell you we're not going to tell you and they had to tell him. So that was the third episode ever of Outer Limits, which debuted on September 30th, 1963 as well. So, so yeah. Leon Davidson Dang. predates that. Right. So, well, we're all going to die from UFOs. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> right? I mean, that's I, isn't that the coolest way to go? Like, you look yeah. up in the sky and there are literal alien UFOs just fucking vaporizing people because it's going to be quick. It's going to be quick. Mars, Probably won't yeah, hurt. Mar- the Mars attacks deaths are pretty, they seem pretty quick. Yeah. Some of them. That's my apocalypse of choice, I believe. Yeah. You still Ali- aliens love a disintegration. They're way into it. It's, it's a, real, a real thing for them. It's ethical. Aliens are yeah. nothing if not ethical. That's what we, from the ones I've met, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Like a beam that turns you into a small pile of powder. They love it. They can't Perfect. get enough. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, like a, or like a brightly colored skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The money it would save you on cremation costs, just right. that oh, you yeah. just got to buy an urn. Just got to buy an urn, collect <laughs> up that, if you're left. That would but, be great if the Martians sold urns. That would be like their whole scam, is yeah. creating a market and then creating a need. Market <laughs> equilibrium goes up, right? And then meanwhile, they're like, also, we need to mine all of your precious metals to make more of these urns. Yeah. We're yeah. going to pull ack, this ack, on. Ack, ack. We're going to pull this on Uranus, too. <laughs> if you, that's gonna, an alien joke. Sorry. We're going to vaporize uh. Uranus. <laughs> hey, let's talk about labor strikes. Let's do it. Boy, are those a thing there needs to be more of in this country. Because <laughs> people won't mind for the aliens. Yeah, they refuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You make sure those aliens pay you a living wage. That's right. When, when you get matrixed into working in colonies out in the middle of the desert. <laughs> You wouldn't know it from reading the MSM, mainstream media, more like lamestream media. Get them. 
these days. <laughs> but the United States has been absolutely filthy with labor strikes this year. And that's cool. Because Hell yeah. Those used to happen yeah. all the time. And then the government just kind of beat it out of us. Like Reagan. Reagan really did choke it out. Big time. Yeah. Because and Thatcher in the UK just, just yeah. went ham on it. Yeah. Reagan did a thing that was legal, but had forever in history been seen as like the ultimate dick move that you could do to workers, which is just fire Firing. people who are on strike. All... And that's always been legal, but it was just agreed among society that you don't do that and reagan fucking did it and once he did it every other company was like well if the president can do it that means it's legal and it's fine and that kind of that really gutted the labor movement in this country it really did destroy unions yeah it's one of those yeah it's one of those things too where like you know because i was a member of the teachers union the new england educators association the mta and christ man like i would have i would not have liked living without being in the union my union rep bailed me out of some hardcore bullying from from my administrator oh yeah. that yeah yeah it's i mean being in a union i've been in a few when i had like weirdly i had a couple fast food jobs where i was in a union fast food workers i worked a telemarketing job where i was in a union and it's just like having someone at work who is always on your side i mean unless you get like a fucking shady union rep who's in bed with ownership which i'm sure is possible but that is such a valuable resource in life because work can be a really oppressive and gross place when the leadership has no one to answer to and unions are meant to protect you from that and we just fucking abandon the idea for the most part in this country it sucks. Yeah, there's a reason that we yeah. have, like, The weekend. you know? Yeah. Because yeah. he's great at music. <laughs> right, yeah. I can't believe I thought of the musician first when you said that. It feels so silly. <laughs> I mean, he's got some He should give that word there. back. He's good, but yeah. So, I did, it was, like, a little bit of a highlight this year to, I just, like, felt good about hearing about the Nabisco strike and knowing that I could not buy Nabisco cookies and help. It was, like, cool this is like one activity this year that is a positive yeah. thing for the world yeah, just Great. go to trader joe's and get some jojo's you don't need an oreo get a hydrox yeah. go to the originator <laughs> i bought wegman's store brand o's and they're better i just eat those now i don't eat oreos yeah. anymore oh huge if yeah. true mm -hmm. yeah yeah they're better get them you heard it here first folks let me tell you it's the holiday season so boopy doo and flippity flip no <laughs> gotta sing a little andy williams or it's not me <laughs> <laughs> Trader Joe's has released their fudge-dipped oh. peppermint JoJo's. Amazing. Let me tell you, diabetes in a box, sign a brother up. I'm in. <laughs> I'm hoping they bring back that peppermint chocolate ice cream that they had last year. Because it's, it's got little pieces of the JoJo's in it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I love it so much. It is it in very, very tasty. Put it in me. Yeah. So, so yeah, COVID is driving a lot of this. People are going back to work and they're like, hey, this is dangerous now. How about you pay us more money? And they kind of have leverage now because there's still a labor shortage. So they're like, you want to see a labor shortage? What if we all leave? <laughs> and you're still not going to be able to fill these jobs because you don't pay people enough. It's working to varying degrees and varying industries. But one of the craziest examples, Kaiser Permanente, which is a huge healthcare system, huge hospital system. Yeah, massive. If any sector of the labor force deserves a significant raise in 2021, <laughs> it's healthcare workers, obviously. Like that is the yeah. front line keeping us safe from COVID. And Kaiser Permanente wanted to give everyone a 1% wage increase in 2021. They also wanted to cut wages for new staff. They wanted to cut benefits. And their employees were like, fuck you. We're all depressed and tired. Yeah. And you want to give us a 1% raise? So it led to walkouts all over the country, Kaiser Permanente employees. And more, like, more like Kaiser Temperente. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? No, it's Permanente is the name of the, the company, Jeff. What do you mean? Tempor Temperente. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Agree to it. disagree, you know? No, that was good. No, that was a good little, little tag. <laughs> and I'm not going to let you belittle it. I did. I already did. It's too. Uh, this is awful. I need a. I'm going on strike. <laughs> you need a union rep right now. Where's my rep? 
Where's my rat? Someone get the cat. Just the rest of the show, Jeff will carry a placard instead of speaking. Just won't, <laughs> won't say any words at all. <laughs> we weren't allowed to strike. It's illegal in Massachusetts for state employees to strike. Oh, oh wow. That's super liberal. Isn't I think that I feel like that's a law in a lot of places, though, like with state employees. What we had what we did was if we were ever at like some sort of labor dispute, whenever we wouldn't enter the school until we were contractually obligated to have to enter the school. So all the teachers would wait outside in the morning and like, well, the buses were coming in and they would see all the teachers just hanging out outside. One time when I was in high school. The school I went to, which doesn't exist anymore, was planning to cut like all extracurricular activities, including sports. And the students held a walkout. There was a huge park right across the street. So we just all went to that park and basically hung out and partied. And one, it worked. And two, it was the most goddamn fun I ever had at school. So, yeah, strikes. Those have been a good thing this year but that hasn't been getting covered a whole lot also we've talked about this on a couple pods so i'll i'm not going to go into too much detail but there were these two (laughs) stories about how we just have new secret spy armies in the united states there's the postal inspection service yeah we talked about them bastards yeah they are monitoring social media like they just Yahoo actually broke the story and no one else picked it up and ran with it, which means it's it's true. It's like Yahoo came out of retirement to do this. Basically, yeah. (laughs) And you know when a story that big gets kicked down to someone like Yahoo, it's probably true. Because like, if you think Mm. there's no government influence at sites like the Washington Post or the New York Times, you're naive as fuck. Like We've known that's been a thing since the 70s. That was like seeing Vince Carter scoring like recently in the nba oh yeah he's still doing the thing he's still doing that like that's what yahoo breaking a story is but break it they did and it just kind of died with yahoo but yeah the the postal inspection service which a lot of people when they first heard the story were like what is that like the post office has cops for anthrax or whatever yeah they sure do and interesting side note that i think i've mentioned before They basically, at least for a while, solved mass shootings at post offices. Because remember, going postal used to be a thing. And that means you show up to work and you shoot the shit out of all of your co-workers. And And it it was was a thing treated as hilarious at the time. It was was mass shootings consistently happening at a workplace because it was terrible. And it was like a punchline to most people. Yeah, because we were like, I don't work at the post (laughs) office. What the fuck do I care? Right. (laughs) And the Postal Inspection Service, one, they found that most of the people doing this were veterans. And they were like, well, we could have been assholes and stopped there and been like, we're not hiring veterans anymore. But that still didn't account for all of the shootings. It was just like the most had been carried out by veterans, but not all of them. And what they found Mm -hmm. out was that it was predominantly caused by the post office hiring ex-military people and those military people being like, well, this is still a government job, so it's still basically the military, and that's how I'm going to treat all the people below me. I'm going to drill sergeant these motherfuckers because Mm -hmm. that's all I know from being in the military. And it made people show up to work with guns and start shooting people. So they just basically retrained people to be like, hey, take it easy. You're not at war anymore. You're not in the fucking jungle. Just relax and treat your employees like employees. And shootings at post offices just fell off a cliff. And like there have been a few since then, but that's why you don't. It's like in the late 80s, early 90s, it was like there was one or two a year. It was nuts. So what I'm saying is they're good at their jobs and they are watching us on social media. Yeah, postal became, it was like a verb going postal. That was like a, yeah. was a shorthand right. for, for mass. Before we had school, before we were really big on school shootings, we were really big on postal shooting. It was like the prequel. And wow, it's a, yeah. It's also one of those words that, like Alex was saying, where it just got overused and applied to like, oh, Arby's messed up my sandwich. I'm going to go back there and go postal on that cashier. And what you really meant was you were just going to like go in and be an asshole and ask to talk to a manager. Really distasteful use of a phrase that started as, oh, several people died at work. The worst possible place to die, I would argue. Best possible place to die? 
someone else's work. Mm. <laughs> in front of a field trip. That's how I yeah. want to go. Yeah. I want to go in front of a field trip of kids. I don't I care still how it be... happens. <laughs> I just I... want a bunch of kids in fourth grade to see me die. I still want the alien <laughs> vaporization, honestly. Why not both? Why not both things at once? Right? True. Let's and do it. I feel like the kids wouldn't Put last. it together. Yeah. They signed the permission slip. You know, send their waivers. <laughs> the second crazy story related to secret armies was broken by Newsweek, which also felt like the exact same thing as being broke by Yahoo. Not a single major outlet covered this story, but basically the Pentagon has been building a literal spy army in the United States for like 10 years now because the CIA can't spy on us. We we really stuck it to them in the 70s when we said they couldn't do that. They're like, we don't want to do that. We want to build communes in Guyana and see if we can get people to kill themselves. So to cover the domestic spying, the Pentagon has been building this team of spies. There's like 50,000 of them, I think. There's more covert spies in this group than in the CIA. And they're everywhere. This report that came out was like, they're in at your job. They're in every level of society. And they're using fake identities. They build fake identities on social media. And they just go out and infiltrate groups and employers and probably podcast networks they're uh, like secret shoppers kind of yeah mm. but anyway, speak into my microphone real quick i, I need to get something <laughs> but i'm just leaning my microphone towards the computer i don't know how this works and it's a creepy thought because you're not yeah. going to know who it is i guarantee like L.A. comedy probably has a couple of these people floating around new york comedy i'm sure like any group that could possibly influence public opinion probably has one of these fucking people in their midst and you wouldn't know it creepy it's alex that's what that's that why carpet is around. hiding yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah <laughs> what's um, interesting is there's also it, a group like this that's been around for a long time that just deals with infrastructure and if they get any tips or information that any piece of critical infrastructure might be threatened they will funnel that information to the government which is great if it's only limited to infrastructure damage and then it's also worth knowing what the government considers a threat to infrastructure do they mean you're gonna show up at a protest and might pull down a statue if so i don't want that i'd be like uh the bridge yeah. in my neighborhood is somebody's damaging the infrastructure you should come fix it and then they go and oh fix it. in yeah. order to force them to do necessary repairs that's a pretty good idea yeah and then the fbi <laughs> shows up outside your house in a van listening to everything you say all right let's end by talking about some people who died the people who died died that's such a great song <laughs> How much piano do you want me to play softly under this? Like a lot or just a little bit? Is that what you're hiding behind the under the little rug? <laughs> Whoosh. Little piano? It's a grand piano with a, a candelabra. A grand guitar. Alex Schmiberacci going to be laying out some <laughs> dulcet tones on the 88s. <laughs> How many of these did everyone remember happened in 2021? I'm at maybe like three or four. I had a couple more. But there's I, like yeah. this 2020 and 2021 were kind of an amorphous blob. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's Rush been Limbaugh, I remember, and it was great. Yeah. The, these are the people, they're going to come up in conversation a year from now, and you're going to be like, are they dead? And you'll have to Google it, and you'll, you'll find out they are. Yeah, Rush Limbaugh, I, I thought, happened much, much longer ago. But it, it was in January, I think. But still, mm. I, I thought that shit happened in like 2019. Just hoping, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've found with general memories, it's hard to tell whether they were 2019, 2020, or 2021. Because it's just, it, 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 it's all kind of accordioned into one thing. Yeah. Uh, Time is a flat circle. Yeah. But also, I from your list, like I, dis, I, I wrote it in here, but I discovered that Michael Collins died this year, who was the guy piloting the ship while the, while Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong were on the moon. So it's a pretty significant guy. I had no idea. He passed what away. A, what a bummer to be the DD on the moon trip. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're going to party on the moon and you just have to be responsible. Right. Sit, sit there and watch him out the window. <laughs> Phil Spector. It's another one I assume died a long time ago. I but... actually, for a second, I was yeah, like, he man. died? 
because I remember like we I think every image of Phil Spector that we all have is the same and it's the courthouse picture where he looks like he's wearing like a fright wig. He yeah, looks that's the like, only way I know it. He looks like Daniel Stern when he got electrocuted in Home Alone 2 <laughs> and he becomes a skeleton for half second and just has like the big electrocuted afro. That's Phil mm. Spector. He's now a Spector, <laughs> by the way. Right. He's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Phil Spector produced some great songs. He did, had a lot of unfortunate moments in his life involving guns, for sure. But my favorite thing Phil Spector ever did involving guns, or just in general, was he produced a couple albums for John Lennon. And whenever he would get just, like, generally annoyed with John Lennon, he would just shoot a gun in the studio. God, that's so cool. Wow. Any other, any other Beatle, someone, I'd be like, but... come on, Phil Spector. But John Lennon? No, that's funny. <laughs> Very funny. I mean, the, like the idea of like, it's like, well, he did produce a lot of music and it's like, yeah, at gunpoint consistently. And that's right. so cool. <laughs> get rock, and, rock and roll can't be that good anymore. You can't get solid at gunpoint hits anymore. But imagine being yeah. such a good producer oh, that yeah. even after years, people are like, uh, yeah, he'll produce your album, but he's going to pull a gun on you. And people are yeah. like... I get it. I'm aware of the risks. Several other people have survived. I'll survive, too. Just picturing Rick Rubin menacingly cutting an apple with a knife and eating it (laughs) while he's watching you get ready to finish. (laughs) Let's go with two here. Leon Spinks and Marvin Hagler. Those two I remember from this year. God, Marvin Hagler was so good. Yeah, he was. I didn't remember either of those. Mm. I don't know much about boxing, but I'm familiar with the names. Hagler's a legend in Massachusetts because we're like, black guys can box from here too? Fucking A, kid. <laughs> that we, is we, yeah. yeah. But, but Mar- uh, yeah, Marvin you- Hagler, Alex, if you're not much of a fight fan and you would like to see just the epitome of what amazing boxing looks like, yeah. look at Marvin Hagler and Sugar Ray Leonard. Like, oh, watch, yeah. watch yeah. one of their fights because holy shit. Yeah, those were yeah, crazy I'm, fights. I'm realizing that I've never thought of boxing like other sports where young people doing it obviously have like favorites that they kind of try to emulate. So yeah, now I'm wondering like Jeff, if you had favorites where you were like, I'm going to do, cause I knew baseball players who were like, I'm going to try to look like Ken Griffey Jr. When I swing, even though it doesn't make sense for me, you know, like, so, so <laughs> it's interesting because obviously like I grew up on Tyson, I would say all three of us probably oh. like Tyson was like the, the flashpoint for boxing at that point in time but yeah, i never Simpsons, sure. yeah alex okay. is way younger but he still was aware of mike tyson like that's i mean he I'm was sure famous aware, yeah aware yeah. yeah but yeah oh fair enough i guess. wouldn't have seen but like the fights and things. Ty- tyson was like really compact and explosive and i never had that so the person that i most sort of related to was someone like lennox lewis who tried to be because oh, okay. I-, I was a strong counter puncher but my head movement and like i didn't have that like like tyson moved like a caged animal and i was more of like a palooka and you had so I, <laughs> dreadlocks and mike tyson ate your children so there's yeah. that yeah and i took you were in me. oceans 11 briefly oi yeah. me's lennox Lewis. yeah me's and, and vladimir klitschko's in the oceans 11 me is <laughs> how about jessica walter from arrested yeah. development i remember that yeah from archer she probably died from a broken heart because there's that interview that happened maybe like six Man. months or so before she died where she's talking about like feeling really abused on the set of Arrested Development. And yeah. Jason Bateman is just like, yeah, you know, people see things different ways. And just like real, like everyone just blew her right. off on camera in that interview. And she looked so fucking hurt, which she should have been. I yeah, wonder... It seems like Jeffrey Tambor was kind of a monster on that show. That's a tough show because I the first three seasons were fully my favorite TV show ever. And oh, then yeah. the further seasons were not so good. And yeah. then, like, actually bad stuff came out about it. It's been a tough progression. I would say all art is going to have a bit of a taint to it. So mm-hmm. try not yeah. to get too bogged down by, like, this person that created it was maybe a little bad. Because, boy. Oof. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hate to introduce you to all music, but. Yeah. <laughs> we did an episode at one point that was just about, like, classic rock musicians who have mm. just horrifying sexual stuff in their past. David Bowie will always be my favorite. He uh, taught me how to be weird. <laughs> yeah. And he taught himself how to fuck children. Yeah. So. He, taught, he taught a lot of young people weird things. Yeah. 
Charles Grodin died. Yeah, I remember that. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen. Joey Jordison, drummer like, from Slipknot. I was going to say, that no. sounds like a fake name. Like when, <laughs> like on 30 Rock when she couldn't be uh, Janis Joplin, <laughs> so she was Jackie Jormchomp. <laughs> Slightly less important rock drummer, Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones. This I remembered. The thing about mm. Charlie Watts that was a delight for me because I didn't know much about him even though like every as I age I become way more into the stones and way less into the Beatles than I've ever been like there's definitely like a waxing and waning situation here reading about Charlie Watts and like him like beating the Christ out of Mick Jagger for calling him his drummer so good <laughs> that <laughs> like, is a Charlie, cool story I like Charlie, hearing Mick Jagger got the shit beat out of him if nothing else like, whenever you would see photos of the band Charlie Watts looked like their accountant. And that was so, like, they all dressed like these fucking weirdos. And then he's just like, what are you guys doing? Like, you can still make the music and dress like an adult. And I always like that. About, like, it's very funny to me. Yeah. But I just love him slapping the shit out of Mick Jagger. It's so funny. Yeah. I'm wow. very, very in favor of Mick Jagger getting the shit slapped out of him. I'm, it feels weird, but I'm sorry to see why Spectre carried that gun. Violent situation, you know, protect yourself. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Ed Asner. Oh, yeah. He died. Yeah, that was recent. Yeah. Mm. He was and, the voice of J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man cartoon. And oh, Col Colin Powell, who was sad over that war criminal dying. Oh, <laughs> just the phrasing for a second, I thought you meant Ed Asner was the voice of Colin Powell, but he's yeah. not. Yeah, that's never that, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> Or that Ed Asner was a war criminal. Yeah. Ed yeah. Asner, I think, probably was a war criminal, but... Put them all in cages. <laughs> Also, also Colin Powell. I like how, if you remember during the whole build up to the war in Iraq, part two, mm -hmm. there was this sense that, yeah, the Bush administration is bad, but I bet Colin Powell's on our side. Yep. And it's like, why? Because he's black? Yeah. And then he's the like... one who basically went in front of the American people and the entire government and was like, yeah, they got weapons mass destruction. There's this yellow cake uranium. Like, he was the voice of that when it really came down to it. And it's like, oh, yeah, he is not on our side whatsoever. He was really priming himself up to be a presidential candidate at some point in time. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, the, that whole, that thing kind of cost him the big bucks. Yeah, as it should have. Yeah. That was a war crime. And Anybody he, else have his Desert Storm trading yeah. card or just me? <laughs> Did you buy those after you watched Garden State? They are in Garden State, aren't they? They are a major plot point in they have, the film um, Garden State. They have a box of them at Blast from the Past that I almost... I want to do like an unwrapping video of them. <laughs> yeah, you can buy them on eBay and shit. They're, I would, they're not super expensive. How boring and awful of an unwrapping video would it be? That would be so funny to do Desert Storm cards, you know, box breaking. And people are just like, this sucks. This isn't fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's a copy like, oh, Norman Schwarzkopf, you know, Storm and Norman. Who doesn't who, who doesn't who doesn't that, remember that? That would take about three minutes before everyone involved is like, fuck this. That's what I want to do. I want to do a, a trading <laughs> card, uh, like a pack breaking show, but like all in like the worst kinds of trading cards. <laughs> <laughs> like instead of doing Pokemon or Magic the Gathering, I'm just doing like, I got this pack of Demolition Man trading cards I'm going to be opening. <laughs> yeah. Rule. I'm so excited Blast from the Past has that. It make like... I wish I could go to a mint on card. Want to look at that on the way. Sounds great. <laughs> so that's our episode. We did it. We made it. You sure? Yeah. yeah. What about wow. the last person who died? Uh, Check your bottle, Adam. I poisoned you. Merry Christmas. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> You're dead and you don't even know it. Damn it. <sighs> Ghost pod. And it's, it's really tragic because the antidote is to like sports. But unfortunately, Adam mm, does not even like true. sports, actually. Yeah, He's not yeah. into it. So. I sure don't. I sure Sports, the don't. true antidote. <laughs> Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Alex, how about you? I really like my show Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. I hope people check it out. I'm thinking of a bonus episode we did now about Alan Bean, who was on Apollo 12 because of the death of Apollo 11's Michael Collins. That crew, even more forgotten. That's a good like bonus episode to start with if, if, if you're on the Patreon. But go to any of them. They're fun. Also, don't forget the death of Apollo Creed in Rocky IV. Yeah. Right. That one was pretty heavy, too. We should think about it every year. Yeah. Right around Christmas, because that's when it happened, yeah. right? Sure. Jeff, how about you? Well, I don't know if you know this about me, but I have cool friends, and I have a podcast called Jeff Has Cool Friends, which is available at patreon.com yeah. slash Jeff May. Thank you. I also New have- New in 2021. Uh, 
Uh, yep, new new in 2021 after the death of my job. But you can yeah. also check out on the Patreon. I have other shows either that exist or are coming. I have a monthly show with Kim Crawl called Ugh Fine, where we wrap up our months together. And then I also have a show coming called Radvertising, which is about 90s marketing and extreme ads. So you can check that out, patreon.com slash Jeff May. You can also check out Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network. And of course, you don't even like sports, a sports podcast about how Alex doesn't like sports. What? Uh, I know. I'm so sorry. Mint on Card is back at Blast <laughs> Terrible the Past, the second Friday of every month. If you're in Burbank, come check it out on beautiful Magnolia. Blast in the Past is such a cool store. I love going there. Hell yeah. It's great. I don't have shit to plug. Let's get out of here. Alex, say goodbye. Goodbye. Jeff, say goodbye. You get the dead Michael Collins rookie card, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. We love you. To the moon.